0: Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordoff Robbins. Nordiff Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordif Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music. It can lift your spirits, unite people, and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordiff Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordif Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordoff to find out more. That's nordoff-robbins.org.uk gorgeous people, and welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, women in blues and jazz. And I'm Colette Cooper, your host. Now, women have always been instrumental in blues and jazz, and that's what this show is all about, right? Today's show is dedicated to the vocalese pioneer Annie Ross. have a a Annie was born into a vaudevillian family in Mitcham, Surrey in 1930. She first appeared on stage at the age of three and when she was four traveled to New York with her family where she signed a contract with MGM. She moved to LA with her aunt soon after and featured as Judy Garland's sister in presenting Lily Mars in 1943. Annie became a full-time jazz singer and recorded her debut album, Singing and Swinging, in 1952. Later that year, she was asked to write lyrics for a jazz solo in the style of King Pleasure. She came up with the words for Twisted, a saxophone instrumental by Wardle Gray, and that style became known as Vocalese. Similar to scatting, but with actual words. My told me that I was right out In 1957, she met Dave Lambert and John Hendricks, and together they formed one of the most successful jazz vocal groups ever, Lambert, Hendricks and Ross. Their first album, Sing a Song for Basie," set a precedent for intricate, rapid-fire vocals and was an instant success. She toured and recorded with them until going solo in 1963. She also opened her own jazz club in London around this time called Annie's Room, which had the likes of Nina Simone and Anita O'Day as star attractions. By the 1970s, she was acting more than singing, even dubbing Britt Eklund's voice for the film The Wicker Man. But by the mid-70s, she fell on hard times and went bankrupt. She didn't return to singing until 1981 when she recorded an album with Hoagie Carmichael and Georgie Fame. The National Endowment for the Arts named her Jazz Master in 2010 and she recorded her final album, To Lady with Love, a tribute to the one and only Billie Holiday, in 2014. Annie died on July 21st, 2020, four days shy of her 90th birthday. And the rest is history. Head.
1: I had a brain, it wasn't so just let them laugh at me when I refused to ride
0: on all those double-decker buses, or because there was no driver on the top. Now my guest today is the wonderful Paul Pace. I love that guy. She's a great guy. Now Paul is a brilliant vocalist and musician, as well as a brilliant jazz promoter. He puts on great nights at Ronnie Scott's and at the Spice of Life in Soho, and other brilliant venues too. Now, I spoke to Paul uh, not too long ago, and I started by asking Paul, where did it all begin with him jazz-wise?
1: I was uh, struck by jazz, I think, in my, when I was 12 years old, actually. I was listening to, uh, oh, how was it? Yes, I was watching the uh, Glenn Miller story on the uh, family TV, and I yeah. just uh, there was something that came over me when the trombone riffs started playing the mutual trumpet over the top. And to me, this felt a lot more exciting and emotional than... Uh, any of the pop music at the time. So I started uh, listening to that type of music and I managed to get a reel-to-reel recorder eventually and start recording the radio. But also I was living living in Croydon. I was able to go to Fairfield Halls where a lot of the existing big bands by um, Stan Kenton, Buddy Rich, Tommy Dorsey, mm. Count Basie, all of those play there. So uh, wow. thinking back, um, there were female singers with, with, with those few of those bands. And uh, there was um, a singer called Mary Stallings for a start. She yeah. she actually played at Ronnie Scott's last year, but she was there with the Count Basie Big Band in the late sixties. Isn't so that amazing? To, and that, you've that, indeed. Um, but uh, on record, it was actually my love of big bands, and I think I mentioned this before. It was um, picking up a Benny Goodman record and hearing Ella Fitzgerald sing yeah. "Goodnight My Love," which was wow. uh, just a <laughs> wow. well, yeah. haunting track. And then uh, the other. Uh, big band singers like Big Holiday Singing with Artie Shaw, but also a small group recordings, which I think were fantastic. And I tried to delve in as much as I could into jazz, the history of jazz, through radio, through uh, attending uh, performances. Yeah. So there were some notable musicians like Lil Harding, Mary Lou Williams, who were piano players who had great influence on the music and also were great mentors of yeah. musicians, whether they were male or female, but uh, yeah, anyway, so. Uh,
0: and Paul, oh. you, you know, you're such an important figure on today's jazz scene. You know, you, you promote the genre, you book the genre through, you know, your own Ooh. place through Spice of Life, which is Ooh. a great place. And you also book for Ronnie's and promote acts there. Sure. Which female jazz and blues artists influenced you in your
1: life and your career? Oh, that's a big question. Um, yeah. I mean, I, as well as promoting, I started doing some uh, vocalising. I was trying to get cl- close to the music. And I, yeah. I suppose... You've got them, a great voice. You thank you. Yourself yeah. a, you have a great voice. <laughs> Lovely. Um, but it was through Claire Martin. Claire Martin was my one-to-one tutor for two years. I yeah. saw her perform live, and then it took me a great deal of courage to go up to her and ask her whether she gave lessons. And this was uh, just before she... Uh, Brought out her first album, *The Waiting Game*, so that's right. that's a fair while ago. But uh, to me, she um, just epitomised the best of the music from a vocal aspect, and uh, she was so on the on the ball. Um, you know, the, the diction, the feel,
0: yeah,
1: that's a swing and all the rest of it. That to me was uh, incredibly influential. You know, in, in and what, When was that? When was that? Point? Oh, that was uh, gosh, that was early nineties, probably yeah. so late. late late 80s early 90s around that time yes uh and then through recordings i was just listening to lots of um you know you know various types of the jazz music. So yeah. I'm getting off the subject here a bit. You wanted to know who you <laughs> because <laughs> I'm aware. A bit like well, me. No, yes. you're doing
0: great because I, I yeah, love yeah. the way you talk about Claire My- Martin. Yes, and the yes. fact that she was your personal coach, that's pretty incredible. Ooh. Yes. You know, and and uh, we go along, you tell, you know, tell us about your other female and blues artists that influenced you in your career. And the fact yes. that you went to Claire Martin for lessons is brilliant. Mm. And of course, like Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, you, you that you you felt yes they I were listen your... to them
1: that's right and uh, yeah. people like O'Day, a lot of these um, vocalists yeah absolutely these vocalists were regarded as musicians in their own right they, they that's were, right they were not a singer in front of a band I mean we, we yeah. just lost Eddie Ross who was one of those one of the guys really and yeah. uh, you know they were incredible people as well they lived a life and that's part of what I try to instill in uh, younger musicians that they need to uh, live a bit and also. Go and listen to lots of stuff. Go out. You're absolutely
0: right. And Annie Ross, she had quite a life, didn't she?
1: Oh, she certainly did. Yeah. from a from a child uh, film star, you know, she knew she was a contemporary, I think, of uh, Judy Garland, and uh, yeah. appeared in a film with her, through to. Uh, vaudeville and then going to, going over to the states and uh, performing with uh, she was the she's, stable... she she was born in london but she lived
0: in she lived in the states with her auntie who was also a jazz musician mm. wasn't she
1: that's right but yes. she was
0: sort of london born mm. and yeah 89 she had a good old good old age oh, good, yes, i yes. like the way you you, you said um, you try and instill in an artists to go out and live do you mean as opposed to just going to music school and training yes that's right yeah do, i'm you with do. you on
1: that Absolutely, you know the difference between someone who is just purely schooled yeah. and someone who has uh, has the passion, fire in their belly to actually uh, produce something of their own. Yeah, and uh, there there is a difference, and the way they interact with the audience as well as with promoters. You know, they actually yeah. uh, they're very good to work with because they yeah. understand about life and that it isn't they, just one sided. That's right. I mean,
0: it's great to you know, it's great to be. Um, privileged enough to go to these schools because um, you know they can be expensive and it's there's a lot of raw talent out out there who don't have the the privileges to go and train not that I'm knocking training I think training on any level is great but there's a lot to be said for some raw talent as well and I love um, Tomorrow's Warriors.
1: Um, yes, they the the champion the,
0: the, the, some great, yeah. amazing artists. And you, mm. you've, worked, you've worked with them, haven't you?
1: Yes, um, we had um, a few years together. This was at the Spice of Life. And uh, I knew Gary before then, but I got to know him better and Janine Irons, who, uh, who run Dune Music. And they bring these, you know, up and coming uh, young players. Some of them weren't quite there yet, but they yeah. were brought in with more experienced players. And then we had a yeah. monthly session and uh, they'd bring more established players like Soweto Kinch and Dennis Baptiste who yeah. would mentor the younger players. And out of that became, came Sarah McFarlane, Camilla George, um, yeah. and Fantastic. Levi Agassi, all these Musicians. people. But that was, that was a very good training ground, very, nur- very good nurturing. And, and also some of them were going to college as well or were about to go to college, but it did give them a sense of reality. And uh, certainly when Gary was mentoring them, he would make them aware of the way to conduct themselves you know yeah in you know it's a job it's not just um <laughs> it's a hobby as well sometimes for some people yeah. but it's also um a thing that, that you need to be able to uh work with people rather than just turning up and, and doing a gig it, it doesn't work that way so i uh, totally
0: agree You, yeah. i mean you've got to you've got to create those bonds between you know Ooh. musicians yes. and and also, it's like anything. It's it's like you, you, the more you play with people, it's like a sport in a way. You get to know how they play and you, you kind of bounce back and forth. Mm. And, you know, you really develop that relationship, that deep
1: relationship, which is really important. It is. There was a band leader, Matt Murtick, who's got a band called Mimica, Mimica Ensemble. Yeah. And, uh, in that band, there was Sheila Morris Gray, Nabaya Garcia, Rosie Turton, who yeah. also went through the Tomorrow's Warriors Process, but there they were in other interesting bands. This was the band that was taking as its model the, the sunra Orchestra and yeah. uh, pulling in uh, Croatian melodies, folk melodies, and so oh, on. So she's they were, great, they, Alan. They,
0: oh, great, this yeah.
1: So they were just spreading their, um, you know, they're Era of influences and so on. So it's, it's, that was good to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great to have, you, it's great to have you on the
0: scene, you know, mm. for all the, especially for all the, you know, the young and up and coming artists who you can, you know, mentor and give, you know, and just give great advice. Cause I think what you said earlier, the best advice you can give them is to go out and play, is to yes. go and watch, don't just be schooled, learn about life because mm. we've got to remember where the genre came from, the roots of it. Yes. It's all about emotion, you know exactly. And don't just
1: don't go out here, other people who play your instrument, for instance, you know, do that as well. But just keep a very open mind about music, sound, how it's produced, and, and the way that everybody interacts with it. You know, look yeah, at and how audience, it progresses. Like, I mean, it's
0: progressed. Room. Which female jazz and blues artists do you feel on the scene today are shining through, Paul? I well, think you've mentioned a few already, yes, I did. We'll just I did spot the, them uh, again,
1: yes. I mean. I think the musician that I have a lot of, a lot of time for, we're talking if we're talking about the UK, I think yeah. the one that has been most progressive in a very uh organic way is Laura Jurt, You know, again Yeah, she's I, done I had, she's done yeah, great. She has. Trying to I get mean, her on the show actually. Oh, you should. Yeah. Uh, and uh again with um Chaos Collective, which was the group that she pulled together with Elliot Galvin, Corey Dick, yeah. and uh Con- Conor Chaplin. They they came to me to to do a season at the Spice, so we worked yeah. together for about a year, and they had all these different projects, um, going from jazz to classical, you know, bringing all the influences in, and they were producing a hybrid that was, in a way, felt quite unique, you know. And she's she's come out of that; she's uh, got her own quartet, uh, Dinosaur, yeah. and uh, you know, she's now on the world scene. So for me, she's sort of epitomizes a, a serious musician who's, yeah. who's brought some something new to the table. And that's then, right, yeah. And then the musician who is getting probably the most acclaim I mean, is Nabaya Garcia. Absolutely. Uh, she's everywhere. Who, she's amazing. Absolutely. That's right. So she she's a she's a great player, but she's also her her personality charisma is something that pulls the music forward. Absolutely, again, that's important. It is, and her feet are firmly on the ground. You know, she's just, just developed, she's played with lots of different people and and uh, has she played at Spice? Has she's played at Spice. Yeah, yeah. So she, she, well, she it's was a great the, place, yeah.
0: it's so great.
1: Yeah, no, she's well, she was there with Mimica. She didn't play with her own band, but she played right. with um, N- Nuria, which is an all-female band. Uh, I think it had one male musician, but that, that contained uh, Sheila Ray, uh Rosie Turton, Inga, uh, Iker on bass, and um, Cassie Kinoshi on, on yeah. the alto sax. So that, that was uh, an amazing straight-ahead, at the time, jazz group uh, that was very strong. You know, whether they were male or female wasn't, wasn't the point. They're just a good...
0: I like the way you said that, whether they were male or female, it's irrelevant. They're just excellent musicians. Well, that's right, you know,
1: and and even though I've been very supportive of female instrumentalists, particularly because I think they do get short shrift or have done, uh, I feel you don't make too much of a point of it. You just deal with everybody on their talent and their willingness to engage. Absolutely. You're right. Shouldn't have to be pointed out a
0: female saxophonist. Just a great saxophonist will do, Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And right. I think you're right. They, they, they have been in the shadows a little bit, but they're shining through now. I mean, vocalists, female vocalists, have always been at the forefront, Ooh, really. Sure. Decades and decades. But the instrumentalists, you know, they've struggled a bit harder for them to come through, and they really are. And it's, and it's because of people like you, you Ooh. know, who are helping them come to the forefront. Tell us, like, tell us a little bit more about the Spice of Life for people who don't know it.
1: Yes, it's, uh, it's a basement in uh, Soho, basement of the Spice of Life pub. And uh, yep. I've been putting it on jazz there for 20 uh, odd years, 22 yeah. years. And uh, we, it's uh, programming um, is as diverse and as broad as uh, the scene is, basically. Yeah. We go from avant-garde funk through to straight ahead. And it's generally every Wednesday. At the moment, we're in lockdown. And yeah, the- of course.
0: But it's a great venue, it's got a great vibe, mm. and it's, unlike Ronnie Scott's, I feel it's still, not to knock Ronnie Scott's, but it's still, because Ronnie Scott's obviously is an institution of its own, sure. but it's got a real vibe there. It's got, it's affordable, for one, yes, yes. and that's especially important for the younger crowds now, mm. because of the new jazz wave, because of the um, everybody we've talked about today. you know who are bringing in those younger crowds i mean with the progression of jazz and it's gone huge huge again it's affordable the atmosphere is incredible it's diverse Mm. and it's it's i feel it's how it really should be today um as opposed ronnie sometimes i feel can be um it's like it's a you know an institution it's a fantastic venue it always will be it's historical but sometimes i wonder how ronnie himself how he'd feel about how the venue is today I well how it, he'd it, feel it's very, about that.
1: yeah it's very it's very hard to strike a balance because uh things are so much more expensive than they were in pete and ronnie's day when so they ran expensive. the club yeah it is well we, we have to pay enormous fees um for, for artists you know air travel yeah. isn't as cheap as yeah. it was you're dealing with agents and managers who yep. want to screw as much as they can out the, <laughs> the deal. <laughs> Bastards. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. There are some nice ones as well. But uh, yeah. uh, generally, it, it's a lot more expensive. You're in an expensive part of town. You're paying rent yeah. and uh, business rates, et cetera. So yeah. there's a lot. But Ronnie's, you know, Ronnie's have pr- have tried to um, uh, expand into The Late Show and yeah. supports the show, try and cater for uh, the audience and the demographic that can't yeah. afford the the prices for the main show so yeah that's uh, good is. that's
0: what's yeah. needed especially for especially for the younger audience mm. i mean as you know this things have changed and you know less than 10 years ago a aud- lot of the audience were you know over 45.
1: oh yes that's right and now yes, it's yeah. that's
0: such a young audience and they want to they want to listen to it they're, they're riding this wave of the mm new jazz scene and which is great and they need to cater now for that audience and and to change and to you know we're very
1: aware of that we are indeed and And because uh,
0: of you that's why because you're making everyone aware of it i love you you're brilliant
1: uh, you're very kind
0: no it's true though so (laughs) we've got to talk about that because i was saying you know um what, what do you think paul because yes. as we know we just we just said mm. in the last 5 years sure. it's really things have come through you know things have changed it's progressing and who do you think was at the forefront of that do you think it was everybody we've just mentioned where do you think who was yes, really I, at the forefront
1: well, I, of moving that forward i think the um the, mu- the musicians themselves as collectives i mean there was a time when there were lots of collectives being formed uh, of musicians who were starting to think the same way and i think that the uh the concerts possibly that Sirius have done during the London Jazz Festival. They've brought over yeah. uh you know, legendary musicians like Archie Shep and Andrew Hill and people like that, and they've they've and Sonny Rollins and they've influenced the young players who've come through. But yeah, all of those musicians on the scene who are now becoming names, yeah, have been mentored by uh older players who've introduced yeah. them to the music. And yeah, I would put uh Gary Crosby very high up there. Abram yes. Wilson, Abram Wilson was a New Orleans trumpet player who unfortunately yeah. passed away at, the, at the, yeah. in his late thirties. Yeah. And uh, so. these were people who brought the spirit and the core of the music in the same way that Wynton Masalis, I suppose, in the States did something a bit similar. Although there yeah. was a, a bit of a purist approach you know, as regarded by others on on that music, but yeah, at the moment, what's happening? We're getting Afrobeat and spiritual jazz, which is that's right, basically yeah. the core of the music going through with Ezra Collective and yeah. uh, Ashley Henry and all these other people are doing. They're doing some interesting stuff. Moses Boyd, another key figure. So these are people who've gone through. A lot of them have gone, have gone to college, but they've also been in touch through Tomorrow's Warriors and all the initiatives through that. Yeah, um, and I think that's looks like where it's come from. I'm yes. not sure of the exact date when it started, but it, I would think about f- five years ago, it probably started appearing. Yeah, definitely. The, yeah. But do you think it was the, the likes of pop
0: jazz um, also kind of helped push it forward, you know, uh, sort of helped gain an interest from a younger audience?
1: Well, that's always been on the fringe. I mean the pop scene has assimilated jazz and and the other way around as well. I mean, uh, I think it'd be hard to pick out that strand. I mean, there was a Renaissance in the late eighties, early nineties when uh, people like Matt Bianco and so on were coming onto the scene. And uh, you know, then Courtney Pye and all these people came onto the scene. So there was that connection with, with reggae pop jazz at that time. So there was, they've always fed off each other. And if you go back to the, the '60s and the blues exploded in the early '60s. There was there was a very vibrant jazz scene that was picking up a rhythm and blues. You know, Georgie Fame and Zoot yeah. and all these people were just picking up on it. And then you had there were a lot of different scenes going on. So I would say the scene is quite disparate. I mean, you've got the spiritual Afrobeat side of jazz happening with Kokoroko yeah. and all, the, all these other bands, and then you've got other more conservatoire trained musicians who are doing other things, maybe. Uh, hybrids with uh, classical music and yeah. uh, and straight ahead stuff happening as well. So there's all lots of different styles. But, that's yeah. what's
0: great about jazz. The term jazz Ooh. when it really all started, you know, hundred yes. years ago is that you can do anything with it. It's all oh, about yes. improvising. Absolutely. It's not, you don't have, it doesn't have to be so stuck in a form and so Ooh. formulated. Of course it's formulated and people, you know, they study it. They study the jazz chords and it's yes. studied, but, initially it was you know before it was formulated you could go anywhere with it mm. oh, you yes. know and that's what i love about the crossover genres you can do you know yes yeah. i mean it's whatever. always been a,
1: it's been a crossover music i mean you know uh, yeah. w- what used to be called the spanish tinge by uh, jerry jerry roll morton there's always been a sort of latin element you know from the yeah. 20s onwards in the music that's kind yeah. of revitalized the music and then you had afro-cuban uh, it, it, interest with dizzy Gillespie and Machito yeah. and people like that so it's all uh it's a melting pot of different styles, and New Orleans, of course, was a place you know, which is regarded university as a birthplace of jazz. Absolutely, uh, was, was a yeah. place where all these nationalities would uh, congregate and uh, you know coalesce and bring bring out this music. So it's, yeah, it's and it's great, ever evolving, it? yeah,
0: ever ever evolving, ever progressing, and that's what we love about it. Mm. You know, it's just such yeah, a great absolutely. art form. Now, can you scat, Paul? Can you scat? Uh, oh. I can't <laughs> do a scat. <laughs> Can you scat? I'll do a little bit. I'll do. Go on, do something. Go on, I ask everyone. Ready? Go on.
1: Whenever you're ready, go for it. So that's, that's a tiny nice. blues. That's nice. Yeah, that's great. I can't okay. <SHAD2>
0: <Is> can scat.
1: Can can I, <laughs> Co-
0: can yeah, I can yodel. Oh, that sounds good. That's a very good
1: collect Do you think that was
0: okay? Pretty good, yes. I'd love to actually study it, actually yes i'd love well, to study it
1: i think it's so it's, it's all to do with what feels right if you, if you listen to you know you listen to someone playing the piano or a mm. chord progression and see what notes would fit you know sometimes yeah. you say oh gosh but hear the melody and try and create your own melody on top of that that that's uh, how it does yeah. you know, yeah, yeah
0: i think i'd really like to do a course yeah. in scatting is there such a course in scatting
1: uh, well vocal workshops tend to have a, a large element of scat if you go to yeah a workshop given by, say, Brigitte Baraha or yeah, um, possibly, possibly Tina Mays, people like that, they, they would, Scat would be part of it. Anita Wardell, who, unfortunately, is in Australia at the moment. She can't yeah. get back to the UK at the moment. But she herself is probably the ace scatter in, in the UK when, when she's over here. She, she's absolutely... Oh, brilliant. I've
0: got to get some lessons with her. Oh, I'd yes. just love to be able to do it. I'm not sure I'd actually put it into play, but mm. I'd love to be able to do it because I think oh, yes. it's fucking hard
1: yes it you is. know yeah. when you watch,
0: when you know listened mm. and watched alfred Fitzgerald, gerald she just makes it so oh, easy no, no. i mean fantastic yeah. i mean she was never
1: trained mm. she just no. she was just able to do it well that's it that's a very important thing the ear she was able to hear what was going on all the, the melodies physica- the harmonies but, yeah yeah but
0: physically it's actually mm. physically hard within the muscles of the face and oh, the mouth yes, that's yes, what i mean yes. it's like it's physical Oh yes, it's fantastic. Well, I loved your scat; it was brilliant. Now yeah, I, I know, Paul, you've got some funny gig stories to tell us, and you're yes. going to tell us one, <laughs> aren't you?
1: I'm dying to know this. Well, there were, Come on. were... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm dying to I, know. Come I on. Could, I could I could tell a story with, without mentioning the name, but you can all make up your minds. I mean, was, okay, I think uh, I know an anyway. American, but an American American vocalist. Yeah, um, and uh, she does her pres- her reputation precedes her and she right. is well known for keeping uh, the audience waiting while she uh, stays in a ho- hotel room waiting for the money to drop into the her bank account. Oh That's what, uh, that, yeah. that was one thing, that was with another promoter. But yeah. uh, our um, experience when I was working uh, at a certain jazz club in London uh, was that uh, she, she arrived at the hotel uh, and uh, proceeded to insult the uh staff there because she didn't like her room she oh, no. checked out the room and we well, didn't check out just went across the road to a, to a higher grade hotel she went from a uh i think four star hotel to a yeah. four and a half star hotel. <laughs> right and then she smoked in her room <laughs> which, which of course yeah. is prohibited and of course yeah. we had to pick up the bill for that you're joking. Uh, because we'd sold out the tickets for a week you know we we'd, right. uh, we'd done that so she had us by the short and curlies yep and um she was very smiley and nice you know, in front of the the audience. Yeah, of and, course, uh, of course. <laughs> and, Thank you, darlings, all for coming. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. all yeah, of yeah. that. And then, uh, see, yeah, she was quite hard to handle. And then early, yeah. the early hours of the morning, her manager, who couldn't manage her, called me up. I think it was about four. 4 <laughs> couldn't manage. Her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I love that. Yes, so he could not get her out of her, hot- her hotel room to come down to the, uh, <gasps> the cab waiting to take her to the airport. So Is she drunk? Uh, no, just nope, stubborn. Just, just come whatever. Whatever, whatever, she, whatever she was on, yeah. she was on it. Yes.
0: Oh, uh, typical. So there you go, there's, 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 I'm going to say typical Americans, actually. A little bit, more. Oh, yes, I'm dying yes. to know. I'll have to, put, I'll have to put two and two together and... Uh, yes. and um, work that one out. Yes, absolutely. It's hilarious, isn't it, when they start acting like that? I know, I know. Isn't it? Isn't it hilarious? It's so unnecessary. I always say to people like that, I always say, well, look, it's entertainment. You're not saving kids' lives or putting a fire out. No, of course not. Get on the fucking stage and get singing. Simple as that. You know, what are you doing it for? Yes, indeed. Paul Pace, I've absolutely loved talking to you and I think you run... Like, you know, Spice, Spice Alive for me is one of the most beautiful, heartwarming places in Soho. It, to me, it's like the heart of Soho. And of course we love Ronnie's, but Spice Alive, I'm really, we've got a special place in my heart for that place. And I think you do a great job. And fair. I want to hear yeah. you sing more. That's okay. what I'd like. I want right. to hear you fair scat enough. and sing more. <laughs> um, because, you know, with your experience, you have many stories to tell through song. And, um, and I think that's really important. Experience is really important, as you know. Yep. and um, I think you're a lovely, lovely man, and um, we've loved having you on the show. So thank you, Paul. and um, I'm really looking forward to when we can meet and have a drink. That'd be lovely. and come to the club, and uh, I'm really excited about that.
1: Great, and me too. thanks Colette. It's been you're a so great welcome. Joy. We, we love you so much. Thank you, Paul. Oh ah, thank you thanks Colette. Uh,
0: Oh, that's the amazing Paul Pace. What a great guy. He puts on some really great nights. And once we uh, all get back to going to see gigs and performing gigs, we've got to make sure we go to one of Paul's nights or go and watch him perform as well. And that's the show for this week. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, Coletti Three and is a Pod People production thanks to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and the gorgeous Jake Trappitt for their help. Now, remember to check out the Sisters in the Shadows guests and influences Spotify playlist. And please, please help support the of Robbins Music Therapy Charity in any way you can. And I'll speak to you all next Friday. Have a great weekend. Bye.